0: The Olympics are over, Bobby, but fear not, Chatter Up listeners, because we continue to give you gold medal level content on this week's episode of Chatter Up. We'll talk extension season in the NBA, the aforementioned Olympics. We'll go into some panic meter rankings in in baseball. We'll talk the NFL Hall of Fame, Eli Manning's Hall of Fame candidacy. Of course, we welcome back the Quizmaster for another fun trivia segment I can promise you that you are not going to want to miss it this week.
1: Jared, the Olympic flame is destined to go out, but the chatter of flame just keeps getting gasoline poured on it. It can't Never be extinguished. Out. Please join us in the celebration of our flame continuing. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And please, please interact with us on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram at chatter underscore up or shoot us an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. Jared, I think it's that time, man. Are you ready to do this? It's always that time for us, Bobby. Yes, it is. Then let's do this and let's chatter up. Jared. Have you made your trip to Vegas for the NBA Summer League? Next year. We're doing it next year. That's
0: a great idea. Next year, we're doing a remote show from Vegas. It's supposed to be an amazing time, like specifically for Summer League. I mean,
1: it's supposed to be so great. Like you obviously watch like the newest prospects and then like you yeah. go to the casino and you see, like, you know, Cade Cunningham walking around. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think that'd be super cool. But that has started, which is crazy because the finals just ended and the Olympics just ended, but Man, we missed, we missed a lot this week. Let's get into it, man. Tell us, what, uh, what did we miss?
0: Well, let's start right there in the NBA, Bob, because the news never stops from the NBA. You're right. It feels like the finals just ended. Free agency last week. Well, this week was the week of the extension because we had a lot of monster extensions announced this week. You had Steph Curry extending with the Warriors for four years, $215 bucks to over $50 million a year. You had Kevin Durant extending with the Nets four years for 198 million. And yeah, Jimmy Butler extending with the Heat for another four years, 184 million. You had Kawhi going back to the Clippers, although that technically wasn't an extension. It hasn't been announced yet, but we just assume that's going to happen. But, Bobby, of those first three I mentioned, KD, Steph, and Jimmy Butler, which one of
1: those jumped out to you the most when you first saw it? I think it has to be Jimmy Butler. I was. Blown away, you know, like you and I have this sheet that we take notes on, and we have the numbers right in front of us. And it's so weird to see Kevin Durant, who is arguably the best player in the NBA right now, arguably be earning $14 million more over four years. So, really, you're looking at under $4 million a year more than Jimmy Butler. And I don't really know how to feel about this. It's weird because, like, Jimmy Butler almost single-handedly, you know, sure out Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero in the bubble led the heat to the finals. So he was clearly the best player on a team that went to the finals in a weird year, but was the best. So like, is he deserving of this money? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's weird for me. Cause in my head, and maybe I'm just not watching close enough, but in my head, Jimmy Butler is like tier one, a, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're in the tier one guys of the Durants, the Currys, the Giannis, the Lebrons, the ADs, Jimmy Butler's not in that conversation. You know, he's in the conversation to me of guys like him, Paul George.
0: Yeah. Although you know, I don't know. It's weird because this like reminds me of the conversations we had last year because, OK, so those those tier one guys you mentioned are like, we'll call them undisputed best guy on championship team, right? Like Durant, obviously, we just saw Giannis do it. We've seen Steph do it. That level of player. Jimmy Butler, before last year, we were both like, he's definitely not in that level, right? And then last year, he takes his team to the finals and they lost in six, right? I think they took the Lakers six games. I mean, it wasn't like a particularly, it was weird because it was like six games, but we never really thought they had a chance. But if you get that close to it, can we say and they were right so it's like if you get that close to it can we say definitively that you are you can't be the best player in championship team i don't think so the other thing that's weird about this is like the nba salary cap structure right because like if there's if it's like baseball and there's no salary cap durant is getting more than 198 million bucks like the number is going to be way more than what butler makes right part of this is just like this restrictions of salary cap were like four for 190 because he should honestly be getting more than Steph right like Durant's better than Steph yeah. at this point but it's just like Durant the most he could get was 198 Curry the most he gets 215 Butler I think that's the max that he's eligible right. for based yep. on like all NBA so like I agree with you in terms of if we're taking the salary cap out of it Durant is a top three player in the league at worst Jimmy Butler is he top 10? Like, I don't think he's top 10. He's probably somewhere between 10 and 15. It depends how much value defense. Yeah. But kind of what stuck out to me is I think like, and it's not that he doesn't deserve it because Steph's amazing. He's obviously the face of the warriors. He's done so much for that team. It's just amazing to me that an NBA player now can make 50 million bucks a year for so long. People were like, if you want to train your kid to be an athlete, train them to be a baseball player, right? Like become a left-handed pitcher. Cause like, if you make it to the majors, someone will always give you a contract and like you can make so much money playing baseball. And now it's like 50 now granted to become Steph Curry level player is, is almost impossible, but 50 million bucks now. Like I remember when like making 20 was a lot for an NBA player, 25, $50 million. Like that is wild.
1: Is there another athlete? I mean, maybe it's eluding me, but is there another athlete in the four major sports that's making 50 a year? I was just
0: thinking, I, I mean, the
1: only other, it, it would be the NBA. There's not a baseball player
0: making, I'm almost positive, right? Garrett Cole makes like 30 something. Yeah. Trout doesn't, I mean, I don't no. think he makes more than no. Garrett Cole, but so there's no one making, I don't even think there's anyone making 40. That's, as, like that will change, but. It's
1: crazy to think about, man. It's super weird. And like Curry, if anybody deserves the money, like Curry's on that list. I think we're yep. in agreement there. The guy changed the game and is still at the top of his game. And also yep. we're watching LeBron James do stuff into his late thirties that is totally plausible to think that Steph Curry could do, you know, is he worth $50 million or really, what does it come out to? 53, 54. Is he with $54 million a year? If you win a championship, sure. (laughs) You know, like, and, and they totally could, would you be shocked if the Warriors won the championship?
0: No, I wouldn't. And the other thing, we're just talking about like winning and like production, but in terms of like how much money he makes for that franchise, like, the amount of jerseys that he sells and the number of people that come to the games to watch him and watch Warriors games on t- like get league pass to watch Steph Curry play is like as much if, as much if not more than any other player in the league. Right. Like in terms of just entertainment value, who's the most entertaining player to watch? It's a good argument that it's Steph. Right. Like just to see him pull up from 40 like it's nothing and shoot threes. So in terms of, like, the amount of money that he brings in, I'm sure it's he makes way more than $50 bucks for them as a franchise.
1: If you're a Warriors fan, you're going to see the team. And obviously, Clay is probably one of the greatest shooters ever. You know, you you want to see that team win. But, like, yeah, you're going to see Steph Curry. And you'll go to any game to watch him play. Just, yeah, I'm with you. It's a weird number, and it's a weird one for a 33-year-old. But the guy probably deserves it. Let's stay in the hardwood, Jared, but let's go overseas to Tokyo. The closing ceremonies of the Olympics just happened. USA takes home the most golds and the most medals. Notably, both men's and women's basketball take home gold, including the three-on-three tournament. Pretty cool for USA basketball. Are you impressed, Jared?
0: (sighs) I'm going to take you to a deep place here, Bobby, because you're a close friend. All the listeners are. I consider them to be close friends. I can open up completely with you guys here. Are you a patriot? (laughs) Well, that's the question. Honestly, should I feel bad? Like, take the uh, okay, the women's basketball team. Like, I'm happy for them. I was rooting for the women's basketball team to win. Like, I mean, rooting as much in the sense. But the question is the men's basketball team, right? Like, so the the men's basketball team, as has been the expectation every year, basically since the dream team. Has been gold medal, right? Like, and if they don't win the gold medal, it's a disaster. If they win the gold medal, we like, we don't really care, right? Because it's like they're supposed to win it and they're supposed to dominate to win it. Does it make me a bad person, un American, to say like that there was a part of me, and I don't know how big this part was, but like bigger than I would normally admit that would be like, you know, it's like a better story. The USA men's team losing, like Slovenia winning the gold medal, like okay because it's just it's just a much cooler story like normally you root for the underdog right well if we, if we don't have like a vested interest in a game if you're just rooting, if you're watching a random nba game or like whatever a random football game you're like kind of rooting for the underdog because like who cares yes i had a vested interest in this because it's like i'm from the country they're my yeah, team you're
1: american you are completely <laughs> discounting person, the fact that Bobby? you're okay all right, just to be clear, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm I'm understanding this correctly. There is a difference between saying it would have been a better story and saying you wish that they had lost. Can you just clear up what you're saying?
0: I guess I'm kind of figuring it out because it's like we root for the story and things like this. When you're not rooting for your own team, you're kind of rooting for the story.
1: Okay, in sports. By, by not saying you didn't want them to lose, you are saying that you wanted them to lose. Jared. Yeah. You're a bad person. This is ridiculous. This is like, dude, Kendrick Perkins. Okay. Kendrick Perkins is a guy who is paid to say his opinion and like talks a lot of garbage, but like, that's, that's his job. He clearly wanted USA to win, but spoken enough garbage that Draymond green after they won gold says Kendrick Perkins, you talk a lot of expletive be American. And that's for a guy who was rooting for the team. Jared, no, this is not one of those times. If it's like, but just a... like,
0: do you actually care, Bobby, that they won the gold medal? Like did it, I'm saying there are certain events, right? Like that you could actually take pride in, even though you don't necessarily care about, like, let's just say like discus. We Neither of us watch discus. Sure. We like don't care at all about it. You obviously, if you turned it on, you'd be rooting for the American who's in it, if there was one. And like, there's a certain level of pride you could take not, because you don't know enough about the sport. Like, I don't know, is this guy supposed to win or not? I don't know. I feel like you would take more pride watching an American win that than you would basketball where it's like obvious. We have by far, by far the best team in the world. The expectations we're going to win every game by like 20 at minimum. And it's like not fun to watch them play. I don't know, the Congo and beat them by 70 points.
1: So so, Okay. So this is a different point that I think is actually a a good one, right? Like your options with Olympic men's and women's basketball is If they win, you're like slightly above neutral. You're like, that's cool. And if they lose, it's a catastrophe. Yeah. So out of those two emotions, I think most people would choose slightly above neutral. But we also live in a world where like reality television is beloved, right? Yeah. And the reason it's beloved is because this manufactured drama, People love drama. So here's what I'll say. I think if you were rooting against America, yeah, I think that makes you a bad person. <laughs> Nothing on the country, but like you root for your athletes to win. That's what you root for. However, there is something to be said to like wanting to watch the world burn in front of you, like a train wreck, you know, having Katie and Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal didn't play. Zach Levine didn't play. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, and they lose. You know, like that, that would have caused so much drama. It it would have probably been entertaining. So on you rooting against them. Yeah. That makes you a bad person on you wanting to see like what could have happened, like on a reality television. Yeah. I'm with you on that. That would have been hilarious. You're right. that people love drama, Bobby. And if you love drama, there's a lot of it going on
0: in major league baseball right now. You've got teams shooting up the standings teams plumbing in the standings. So let's go quickly or just shoot through them. I want you to give me one through 10 on the panic meter. Let's start, Bobby, with, let's go in the American League East. The Boston Red Sox, a team that was in first place for much of the year. They've now lost eight of 10, plummeting down the standings. The Yankees are rising. The Blue Jays, who we'll talk about, are rising. So what's the Rays? obviously, are continuing to rise.
1: So if you're a Red Sox fan, what's your panic meter at right now, one to 10? Honestly, a four. If, if I'm a Red Sox fan, That's it? Really? I'm not that concerned. Like if you're a great team, you're going to go through a period of your season where it's, it's rough, you know, unfortunately for the Mets back in the day, right. They, that happened for them in September that you can't recover from that. There's 50 games left to play. The Red Sox are fine. They are shockingly to everyone's surprise. They're a good team. And they are playing really well, or were playing really well. Yes, they're two and eight in their last ten. The Yankees are eight and two, huge momentum swing. But they and can't. Tampa is also eight and two. Agreed. And Toronto. But like they, they can't continue to play this poorly. And I think they'll secure a wild card spot by the end of the season. And
0: Chris Sale's coming back, so that
1: that's big for them. It's still like
0: the reason I would go a little higher. I think I'd go like. Seven. wow is okay. because i mean first of all part of the reason is i just mentioned everybody else in the division other than the orioles and continue to win Watch games it. yeah yeah, yeah. Every, okay every toronto the yankees and tampa are winning like it's not just that the red sox are losing everyone else is winning and the other part of it is we didn't expect anything from them before the season like but if you would have asked us before the season we both picked probably would have picked them to finish in fourth like ahead of the orioles but behind the Yankees behind the Rays, like probably behind Toronto. So I'm not going to say the first half is a fluke because it's, it's way too many games for that. And their lineup is too good to say it was a fluke, but it's possible that they're kind of just like regressing
1: to closer what we thought they were going to be, which is not really contender. The, The one thing I'll say, and then we'll move on from the Red Sox. They just lost six games on the Yankees, the Rays and the Blue Jays lost six games of ground. And yet they're still in second place. Like after all of that, after an enormous swing, they're still in second place in a playoff position. I I think they're fine. Let's talk about the Blue Jays then, Bobby. So they are going in the opposite direction of the Red
0: Sox. They've won eight out of 10. And yet they are in fourth place, a game and a half behind the Yankees for third, two and a half behind the Red Sox for second, and seven behind Tampa for first. So if you're a, a, a Jays fan, obviously you're feeling good about your team, but it's like, we just ran off eight out of 10. We've been playing pretty good baseball all year. And yet we're in fourth place in our division. So like, what's your panic meter at for the Blue Jays in terms of, do we have a shot to actually come out of this division? Not necessarily win the division, but make our way through the division and win a wild card spot.
1: Even I'll answer those two things in reverse. Do they have a chance to make it out of the division as a playoff team? Yes. Absolutely. After 110 games, you're 10 games over 500. Yeah, 100% you can make a playoff run. Now, your panic meter, if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm going to use the same logic I use for the Red Sox. It's at like an eight. You just rattled off eight out of 10. You gained six games of ground on the Red Sox, and yet you're still seven games out of first and in fourth place in your own division. That is deflating. The Yankees are on the rise. If we assume the Red Sox don't stay this way, it's going to be a wild division. The Orioles are, meanwhile, are in the background eating moldy popcorn. But it is, you know, it's going to be a wild division. But I'm nervous, you know. I'm 10 games over 500. After 110 games, I'm in fourth place. What is this? This is might be the hardest division of the AL East that there's ever been. Because you have four teams that, for all intents and purposes, are capable of winning 90 games. You agree? Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of just sucks to
0: be in that spot, right? Because if they're in any other division, basically, like, I mean, I guess except for the AL Central, where the the White Sox are kind of running away with that, but if you're in any other division, you feel pretty good about your chances of at least winning a wild card. Because it's like, it's not just the fact that, sure, like they'd be playing, like if they're in the West, they're playing the Astros and the Astros are a good team. But every other division, like the bottom of the division is not good. And the AL East, like, unfortunately the Orioles are the only team that you could look at and be like we definitely should win these games against that team but like you know if you're in the ALS like you're you're playing Texas and the Angels and like if you're in the Central you're playing the Twins and the Royals these bad teams that like you could count on beating up on you just don't get that in the AL East so I feel bad for them because it's like baseball is fun again in Toronto they're probably the most entertaining team to watch, maybe in baseball, definitely like in the American league, I think, because their lineup is so good. They're so young, but we might not see them in the playoffs because it's just such a treacherous division. So what's the panic meter one to 10? I said seven for the Red Sox. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it at seven for the blue Jays.
1: Okay. Let's quickly run down these last couple teams, Jared, the angels. I don't understand Mike Trout, one of the best players in baseball, maybe the best Shohei Otane, also maybe the best player in baseball right now. And yet they're a 500 team. How panicked are you? Not just about this season, but about the long term future of the Angels, especially after Rendon goes on the IL. Yeah, I'd
0: put it at a five, I think,
1: only because Trout. Five?
0: It's because he hasn't been healthy. All he's basically been out for like the vast majority of the year. And you're right. Like, if this is what they are with Mike Trout, then it's like a 10, because then like they, I don't know what they do. But you're looking at they don't have Trout for much of the year. They're a team that spends money. Ohtani is, I mean, he's not going anywhere, right? He's there for a while and he's going to be really good for a while barring injury. And Anthony Rendon, he is such a good player. I know he hasn't been like what they thought they were getting when they got him, but I, I, I refuse to believe that Anthony Rendon is like just washed at this point. So I put it, at, I mean, they, look, they, they, they need to surround those guys with more like they their pitching sucks, but because trout's been out for so long, I, I'm, I'm not going to go more than a five Bobby talk me off the of ledge here talk me off the ledge. The New York Mets it was last week. You're like, oh, the NL East mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be mm-hmm. the Mets. Well, here we are. The Mets have lost eight out of ten. They've been a disaster since the All-Star Game. They're two and a half games back of the first place Phillies after getting swept over the weekend, and they're behind the Braves now. I mean, I just want to hear you're an impartial observer. Where is your panic meter at if you're the Mets?
1: I, I think it's at as, as an impartial onlooker, I, I think the number's probably a six. But it's creeping wow. up, and it's creeping up quickly. Thing is, it's like, the team is better than what they're playing. Pete is too good. Javi Baez is too good. Lindor is too good. McNeil is too good. This team should be able to hit. Like, I, I know it hasn't looked good, and I understand that. I just need you to take a deep breath and realize there's still 50 games left. Your collapse is happening in August slash July.
0: Uh, so it's so heartwarming. At least it's only August.
1: What it, what it means is that you have the rest of this month in September to come back. I'm putting it at a six. That division is not good. You can do this. <laughs> Woo. I want to believe you. I really do. But I'm
0: at a nine. I really am. Because first Yikes. of all, I mean... We I, I have no idea if Jacob Degrom coming back this year. Like he's been out since the All Star game. He I know he has said that he expects to pitch again this season, but like I, you know that of course he's going to say that. If Degrom's done, we're probably done. I mean, fair. It's very hard to get around that. Obviously, Lindor also has been out for since the All Star game, basically. And and again, there's no. He's not expected to come back. Maybe maybe another two three weeks at the earliest. And the other part of it is like you're right. All these guys should be better hitters, but. We're talking about 110 games of sample size here. Like, it's not a month. It's not two months. We're at the point now where they've been one of the worst offenses in baseball for the entire season. I can't just say, like, well, it'll click in at some point. Like, it's freaking August, and they still suck. So, like, yeah, individually, all these guys should be better, but collectively, they've been trashed for four
1: months. So I can't just be like, oh, they'll turn
0: around at some point.
1: This is the last thing I'll say on this. Pete Alonso, after the last game, said – need you to believe in us and not just believe know that we will turn it around do you trust the polar bear
0: so they play three games against the Nats now I'll have my answer definitively after this three, because after that they play 13 straight against the Dodgers and Giants which like really could end their season yep. but like show me at, at least if you win two out of three from the Nats which like you have to do yeah and it's like okay I can I can get on board and and let's see what happens in this Dodger stretch. If you if you lose two out of three of the Nats who sold off and like are totally
1: in the tank now, it's over. Then like I, I know that I know not to believe that. <laughs> Fair enough, Jared. Let's finish it up with the NFL Hall of Fame. There are a lot of guys that went in, most notably Peyton Manning, also followed by Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, John Litch, Alan Fanica, a bunch of others. Great class. But, Jared, I'm going to pose this question to you. The NBA is one of those leagues that has a logo that has a player on it being Jerry West. The NFL doesn't have that. They just have the NFL. So if they were to add a silhouette of a player to their logo permanently, who would you put on that logo? Okay,
0: I'm going to give you two quick answers here. The thing that I would want to do with this is make it more unique than the other logos, right? Baseball is just a guy. They say it's Pete Rose, but it's like just a guy yeah. holding that, basically. Yeah. And the NBA, we know it's Jerry West, but it's like, all right, he's just going up for a layoff. There's like nothing unique looking about it. I'd want this to be unique. So here's two of them. One would be Joe Namath, the iconic like running off the field after she Bowl yep. through with like yep. his finger up in the air. We've all seen it. And you have the historical context of like that led to the merger between the NFL and the AFL. Oh yeah. So like, I kind of like that. The other one that I like, and it's purely for the uniqueness factor, is so quarterback is obviously the signature position. So you want to have a quarterback throwing the ball. They all kind of look the same to us to the untrained eye, right? Everyone sure. like is, is a little bit different, but they all kind of look the same except for one guy, Bobby. And that is recently retired. Although maybe not Phillip rivers, who like <laughs> is flinging the ball in the most unique way I've ever seen a quarterback throw it. If I saw a silhouette of that motion, I'd know immediately that's
1: Philip rivers. Does he deserve to be the face of the league? No, but, I think it would be the most fun. Also, maybe having like a line under it because he doesn't curse to say like, it. Like I'd right, love right, to right, see right, that right. line underneath it. The, the one that stuck out to me, like you're gonna, there, there are two things I think are important here. Number one, you wanna show that this is like the face of the league. So you need to remove controversy from all of it. And number two, I also think it's important to include like diversity and inclusion, especially in the current climate. And so with that, I think we would be ideal to put Barry Sanders there. Have him like in a juke, like a juke. Or, yeah, like yeah. a juke, or or honestly, even have him like something close to the Heisman. You know, that dude, no one has a bad thing to say about that guy, and he was amazing, and he was excellent, and stayed with one team. And can you imagine how great he would have been if he had played longer? I, I just, he would be perfect to be the face of the NFL moving forward. Jared, there are many things I am proud of in my life. I am proud to be an Orioles fan. Okay. I am, I am proud to be a Maryland Terrapins fan. Okay. proud to be a Washington fan, but something I'm not proud of is my record in trivia. Last week, you and I, I mean, we, we battled it out. It was, it was a good one, Uh, but you came out on top. Congratulations. I'm coming for the crown today. Are you ready to defend it? I'm
0: always ready to defend it. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I can't, I can't get lazy here. Like, yes, we say this every week, but. At the end of the day, it's a terrible feeling when I get it taken away from me.
1: So I'm always ready to defend it. The best champion is a fighting champion, as they yep. say. Yep. And with that in mind, we bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the quizmaster, Jeremy Tuck. How you doing, man?
2: Ah, uh, man, I'm feeling great. Wasn't it two weeks ago? I don't remember. You know, it's it's good. Uh, All the losses
1: just blend together for it's, Bobby. It's rough for me, man. It's it's a <laughs> tough one.
2: I mean, I, if I remember correctly, last time was down to the wire. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. It really was. Um, This time it's going to be wide open. We're going to play. We're going to play. That's too much.
1: That's too much. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to to take the crown. So the
2: four major sports are at your fingertips, and you guys get to pick and wager as we did last time. Okay. Uh, Jared is the defending champ. You get to pick or receive.
0: I'll defer to Bobby.
2: All right. So I'll kick. All right. I'll oh yeah I'll receive I'll receive all right so Bobby what's your first stat
1: <laughs> all right let's do let's do greatest rushing yards in a season for Amon green <laughs> Amon green okay that is a very
2: random player it is <laughs> <laughs> So you want the highest amount of rushing yards he ever had in this season correct all right that will be 2003 for the green bay packers
1: okay okay how
2: many rushing yards did he have bobby
1: i'm gonna say he had 1621 rushing yards all right jared
0: 1621 it's pretty damn good year he had a pretty damn good run he had several yeah 16 a 98 yard 16 is a lot though i'm gonna say i'm gonna go i'm gonna say that's too much already wow okay you weren't even close
2: it was 1883 yards
1: wow
0: Wow. and
2: so in this game where it's first to three points wins first to three strikes loses bobby takes the first point uh okay so bobby a point jared actually no that's jared a strike not bobby a point
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Jared a strike, and Jared gets to pick the next stat.
0: Okay, I'm going to stick with the football theme. We're getting into that mindset here. Season's coming. Doing a lot of fantasy research already. Calvin Johnson just got into the Hall of Fame. Let Let's do Calvin Johnson career receiving yards. Career receiving yards. Okay. Wow.
1: This is okay. I'm going to start the bidding at. Before you say anything, are we allowed to know how many seasons he played for? Uh, He played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
2: eight,
0: nine seasons. I was going to guess nine. nine. Okay. I thought so also. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start the bidding at 15,000
1: yards. All right, Bobby. 15,000 yards. Wow, that's averaging over 1,500 yards a season. All right, let's go 1,552. 15,052? That's correct. Fif- yes. Yes. Okay.
0: 15,052.
2: He's pulling that number out of who knows where, but that's yeah. fine.
0: So that's almost 1,700 yards a season. <laughs> And he did have. I'm pretty sure he had a, I think he had one 2,000 yard season. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll up it a little bit. Fifteen thousand sixty-five.
2: <laughs> oh man, you're not upping the ante all that much.
0: There's there's I just. Well, we're talk- I mean it can't be like I mean, I think we're both in the same frame of yeah, mind that it's yeah. like we're probably somewhere around it if we're close at
1: all. All right, I. I think that's too much. You were way
2: off on the first guess. It was 11,619. All right. Wow, that's it? All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a 2,000-yard season. He had one that was 1,964. That's his. That was, he topped out at that. He only had two seasons where he topped 1,500. All right. Anyway, so that's a point to Bobby and a strike to Jared. So that's too, too good well. for Bobby. Uh, and Bobby
1: gets the board. All right, how about how about we stay with the Detroit Lions, huh? That's a risky maneuver. How about we do highest total passing yards in a season for John Kitna? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Kitna. Wait, hold on a second. He had others, he
2: played for other teams. He played for the Seahawks, Bengals. Yeah, he and did. Cowboys. Yep. Are we talking about- Total, in, 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 in his career. In his career, any team, not just the Lions. Correct which is actually kind of funny because his career high is with the Lions.
1: There it is. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. I'm going to start it with 3,000 yards. Good place to start. 3,000. I'll go 3,300. The Lions were down a lot all the time. Yep. And so he probably just racked up a season where he was just slinging it. I'll say 3,500.
0: I'll go 36.
1: Thirty-seven. That's too much. It's
2: not enough. Four thousand two hundred eight. Wow! Wow! John Kenna. Four thousand yards. I didn't think he ever got to four thousand. He did yeah. it twice in a row for the uh, for the Lions in wow. two thousand six. For the three and thirteen Detroit Lions, he threw forty-two hundred yards. That's awesome. Strike Damn. Strike two to Jared. This is getting not competitive right now. This is great. Jared, save yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Leave football. This isn't going well for you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I need to to go to a different domain here. Okay. I want most single season goals scored by Timu (laughs) Solani. Oh, I know this off the top of my head. You know the exact
2: number? Oh, yeah. I can tell you the exact number off the top of my head. Single season (laughs) goal total?
0: Yeah. Like his highest single season.
1: Yeah, it's a record. I don't think... I don't think I'm gonna come anywhere near this. Alright. Alright, Jared. Take a gander.
0: I mean, you just scared me by saying it's a record. I did not think it was like okay. Uh I'll start with. I, at... I didn't specify what record though. You didn't. No, that's true. So
2: goals scored in Timo Solani's most prolific goal scoring season. Yeah. Okay,
1: great. Fifty. There can't have been that many fifty goal seasons, right? There was like... a lot of them that's a number that's reached almost every season i know but like all right i don't know where to go with this man 57. 62. that's too much
2: strike to bobby ah so in 1992-1993 for the winnipeg jets the original winnipeg jets Timo solani set the record for most goals scored by a rookie with 76
0: wow Wow! did not know that wow i
2: that's why i knew it off the top of my head
0: what's his next best did he ever come close again
2: his next best is 52 with mighty ducks in so that was his peak interesting bobby's on a strike jared's kind of on the board (laughs) Uh, bobby what's uh what's next for you
1: all right how about we hit the diamond let's hit the diamond Mm -hmm. how about career av batting average of scott brocious my man scott brocious the ferocious and i'm gonna set the mark at 245. okay i mean you're probably in the right
0: area if not was not like a prolific hitter but he played you know 20 years ago at this point and like it has been 20 years yeah and so, what did you say? Two forty-five. Two forty-five. Two forty-five, which was like when we were growing up. Two forty-five is considered bad. Now, like two forty-five is like
1: you're okay, almost like
0: good. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> what a what a what a turn of events. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was slightly above that. I'm gonna say two fifty-four. Two fifty-eight. For your 260 hitter it's like possible 260 already, you're getting to a level where you're like pretty decent even like even back then 260 now you're amazing <laughs> 262
1: yeah 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 i don't i don't think he was a 260 hitter but maybe i'm wrong i'll say that's too much that's too much 257
0: Ooh. oh wow
2: that was the first time you guys were actually in the right ballpark okay all right uh jared has two strikes bobby has two points and a strike all right so jared can't afford to mess this up
0: no i gotta get going here okay um you're next jared i think yesterday was joe morgan day in cincinnati so i'm gonna say joe morgan hits in 1975.
2: All right, that's uh, that's one of the big red machine years.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: All right. All right, I have the number.
0: Okay. Enjoy. It's going to give me a number. Yeah. He um, won the MVP that year. I'll start it off at 175. 190. Wow, already pushing it right up there.
2: Uh, that was both a drastic raise and a quick one.
0: What's that? Uh, what was Ichiro's record again?
2: Two sixty-two,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got some breathing room until we get
1: there. Um, I have a number in mind. I have no idea why this number sticks out, but I have a number in mind that I won't go higher than. Two oh five. Two ten.
0: I don't think two ten is his number. So, I mean, obviously neither of us saw him play. <laughs> My, understand. I think he was like high average, but like he's not a guy that walks. Like his on base was always good, but like that's because his average was good. I don't think his on base was, I think he's one of these like 320, 400 on base guys. Probably like if he hit 320, his on base was like 360. Yep, yep. But that means he's getting a lot of hits. Literally does not matter towards. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm saying like, I think he's getting a lot of, I think his, his play. I don't think he has a lot of plate appearances that end in walks. I think he's getting a lot of hits. So okay. you said 210. I'm going to say 216.
1: So my number was 211. That was my number. I'm going to say that's too much.
2: 163.
1: Wow. 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 Not even close. Jared
2: and Jared. I got to say that season that you picked Morgan led the lead in walks and had a 466 on base percent. Wow!
0: Terrible <laughs> call. That. Wow! Really bad call. You
2: don't wow. deserve to win, Bobby. Wow. Take the cake.
0: <laughs> what a disaster showing!
1: Wow! This is wow! Look at me go! Look at me go, Jared. I'm... What a colossal collapse! I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that Not crown. a collapse, just a disaster. I mean, it was just not even competitive. I will take uh, a victory lap. I feel like Cal Ripken after he got twenty-one thirty-one. He took Literally, a
0: lap. Go, go around the block and just slap hands.
1: I deserve it. They'll say, "What are you doing?" I'll say, "Just one trivia." Everyone will know. Uh, Jared, thank you. This was a pleasure. Quizmaster, thank you. I mean, I, I, I this is this is a great, great episode. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. Jared. I have a habit on this podcast of telling you how wrong you are, whether or not it's true. I love taking that side, no matter what, but typically (laughs) I believe the things that I'm saying, but Jared, now the shoes on the other foot, we're going to play, tell me I'm wrong. And you're going to have to tell me I'm wrong, which I don't think you're going to be able to do.
0: Is this how it works that whoever wins trivia gets to be the one that has the opinion on this?
1: That's usually how that works. Cause it's happened usually almost every time for you. Cause you usually win. This is a, this is an odd week or, or, or she was on the other foot this time, right. Right. Maybe a, a telling of the future. So Jared, this, this week talked about the NFL hall of fame and Peyton Manning obviously headlined that class, by the way, if you haven't seen his speech, it's hilarious. It's got great stuff in there. It's pretty funny. So it got me thinking. About his brother, Eli Manning. Oh, not Cooper. Uh, yeah, no, we're not, we're not there yet. Uh, there's <laughs> still time, but let's, let's, let's stick with Eli for the moment. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, one of the quarterbacks ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to put there, but I'm gonna say this, Jared. Tell me I'm wrong that Eli Manning should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Now, before you give your piece, here's what I'm going to add. A couple of years ago, 538. You familiar with 538? Heard of it. Big statistics company website, uh, Nate Silver. They do a lot of good work. They went to put in together a formula to test out who is the most clutch performer in NFL history. And the first time they ran the numbers, it was so not close it was Eli Manning and then a lot a whole huge gap and then Joe Montana they redid the numbers redid the criteria and still Eli Manning won Joe Montana was a little bit closer but Eli Manning objectively is the most clutch player in NFL history by these rankings obviously you could change the criteria I think between that the fact that he's a two-time super bowl champ a two-time super bowl mvp and not just that he also beat the patriots when they were undefeated i think this guy deserves to be in the hall of fame tell me i'm wrong this is an age old question
0: bobby that will be debated for years even after if he gets in even after it happens you'll still have debates does he deserve to be get in or not so there's a lot of ways to take it but i want to start like this if you look at the current crop of quarterbacks playing right now. I'm interested to know like unless we'll run through it very quickly, whether or not you think as of right now, those guys are Hall of Famers. Okay. I'm okay. just gonna go really quick just so you have like a frame of reference of who we're compare against. Russell okay. Wilson. Yes. Matt Stafford. Close. Tom Brady. I'll just I mean just so that you could say it. Yeah. Maybe. Matt Ryan.
1: Uh I think Matt Ryan's probably a Hall of Famer given his stats. Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. Ben. Big Ben. Absolutely. I mean, that's probably
0: it. I, I mean, I'm not going mean, to, like, you could say Mahomes is, but, like, that's kind of a different conversation that, that we're having. So, like, you're talking about Roethlisberger, Brady. I think you said yes to Russell Wilson unequivocally. And then you had, yeah. like, maybe Matt Ryan, maybe Matt Stafford. That sounds right. So, like, and Rodgers, I don't know if I said Rodgers, but mm-hmm. so Eli obviously wouldn't fall into that that like no doubter category of Brady Rodgers. I think Ro- I mean, I think Roethlisberger is no doubter, and I guess you maybe could take issue with that. But if, if you're gonna have no, Eli I agree. in, it's more I agree. It's more in that second category of like Russell Wilson, Stafford, Matt Ryan. Not in, not necessarily in their accomplishments. Just like when you're thinking about it, you're like, I'm not yep. sure. Yep. And the reason I think is because like Eli. And, I, and I'll get to the Super Bowls because you obviously can't take those away. But a Hall of Fame is for like the elite of the elite, right? Although we, we've had this discussion before with baseball. It's like, is the Hall of Fame meant to be a museum or like a recognition of the greatest? And that plays a lot into this question right now. So if we're saying it's just like a recognition of like the elite, how many seasons in his career do you think Eli was like thought of as top five quarterback in the league because that's what we're saying is like probably the benchmark for like if you're a hall of famer you can cons- i think you consistently have to be in like
1: top five maybe top seven like top 10 is not good enough. but like it, fair it's a fair point out of if, if that's the the benchmark i i don't know i'm not convinced he was ever top five in the league you know yeah, he
0: probably had like i mean I, he, I'm, I'm gonna be like generous and say like he probably had i don't know one or two maybe three but like the vast majority of of his career was not top five
1: for sure i agree
0: and now you get to the playoff part of it which you can't take away like i said like he's a two-time super bowl mvp and although like it's not like he played amazing in those games honestly like that i think they won 17 to 14 that first one so it's not like he's putting up like crazy stats but still like
1: he was the best player on the field in the most important moments. He's, I mean, he made the iconic play. He, he was part of the iconic play,
0: although like you know, David Ty- the, the Tyree part of it is probably more iconic. But the Eli part of it, you can't you can't like throw shade at that. He he evaded a sack and like made a ridiculous throw. Yeah, but and, there's, obviously there's in the second one, that. you have the Manningham throw. And,
1: and 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 what about like against the against the Patri- Patriots, the over-the-shoulder throw to Plaxico Burst to seal it for the 17-14 yeah. win he's he's had good place and and one other thing i'm going to add quickly the dude's an iron man he like played yeah, yeah. every game and that has to count for something right
0: it does it's like a weird thing because like i agree with you it has to be recognized in some way because football is such a brutal sport and like it is something to say that like he was there for his team every single week like no matter what he was there under center it's not necessarily like a reflection of like, I mean, I guess it's somewhat a reflection of how good you are. Cause if you stink, your team's not going to let you go out there for 200 games in a row. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean he played well in like 200 games. Right. But played good enough. Yeah. I mean, it's so tough. Like, and the other part of it is with the playoff stuff. Like when the giants, basically for Eli's career, if the giants like weren't winning the super bowl, they weren't making the playoffs. There weren't a lot of years where the giants went to the playoffs and just like, did, you know what I mean? Like they won two Super Bowls. I think they went to the playoffs. Like, I don't know, two or three other times in his career. It's not like
1: they were going every single year and losing, you know? So, so on that point, let me ask you this. Have you looked up his win loss record? Do you know it? I don't know it exactly. I know that so, it, I know. So where take it, a guess, take a guess, out. like uh, games above, below, or at 500. I think he's like, a game above 500 for his career. He's exactly 500. He's 117 and 117, which is like probably a detraction point. It is for sure. But I don't know, man. It just, he, I feel like he gave so much to the game, created so many moments, was really clutch, was there for a long time, was good for a while. I mean, I don't know. Are you, are you telling me I'm wrong? He shouldn't be in the hall of fame. If you were a voter right now and you had unlimited votes, would you put him in?
0: Yeah. I really don't know how to answer it. It's like, (laughs) so if, if if I like, I I think I look, he's going to get in. Let me just say that there's, he's a two times Super bowl MVP. Because the consecutive games thing, like, even his name honestly is going to help him he's going to get in the hall of fame so i'm not arguing that he won't get it he hundred percent will and i know sure. like giant fans are going to destroy me i think like if you're saying the hall of fame is meant to be a little bit of both like primarily you are recognizing the elite of the elite and you're also kind of telling the story of the game so he kind of like deserves to be in a story of the game thing because you're right, like the, the the Super Bowl win over the Pats is one of, if not the most memorable super Bowls of all time because you're talking about a win over an undefeated team, you have an iconic play with you know, the Tyree catch that we talked about. but like his his actual numbers do not lend themselves to Hall of Fame caliber, so I wish it could be like, you have the plaque room, basically, of like here. You know how baseball does it with like the plaques, where it's like sure. the football has yep. the bust. It's, Like yep. here are the guys that were like the best to ever do it, and then like there's a separate wing of like here's like some things you should know about the NFL. And it's like this guy Eli Manning had like one of the most unique careers of all time, and that like he was insanely clutch. Like and and Giant fans will tell you like they no if no matter what how Eli was playing in a given game, if the Giants were like. Cl- close in the fourth quarter like they felt good about their chance to win because eli was clutch i can't take that away from him but like looking at the body of work he's just not he, he he's not nowhere near what aaron Rodgers is and like you want to go a, a level below because like you could say rogers is one of the best of all time like just in terms of production roethlisberger is so far ahead of him like there were so many years where i think you would say roethlisberger was one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. Eli, like it's a, it's a handful of years at most.
1: I feel like I'm I'm watching a political debate where a politician is taking both sides. Yeah, you're I right. need, okay. I need you to say it. I need you to say that you would not vote him in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> I would not vote him
0: for the Hall of Fame. Oh I'm going to get destroyed God. for it. It's just the body of work. Look at you just said it freaking 500 for his career. I understand football is a team sport, but we say it over and over and over. The quarterback has the most control over it, right? Like if, if Eli was an offensive lineman, it wouldn't be like, oh, well, his team was 500 when he played, like, but he is an offensive lineman. He can't control how good the quarterback is, how good everything else is. The quarterback dictates for the most part how good the team's going to be. And he's freaking 500 for his career. It's so hard to get past that.
1: So I'm wrong. You're wrong. Oh my God. Listen. All right. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 he, truth. I
0: just want to say though, there it's added weight for you to be saying it. Cause you, you were a Washington football. Team, yeah.
1: So I you, watched him.
0: You saw him two times a year, every year for whatever it was like 15 years. So
1: there is some added weight for you to say, like, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. It just, it, it always felt like you're right. You said it. it, it if the game was close at all, if they're within seven, 10, even two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. It wasn't out of reach, not for him. And I don't know if that is a product of Tom Coughlin. I don't know if that's a product of Tiki Barber, Plaxico Burris. But he was there for all of it. And he was a winner, no matter what that record says. He's a winner. And he won twice and was the best player on the field in both There's of a lot of winners, games. Bobby. A lot of winners in the NFL. I, I vote him in. I understand you think I'm wrong. I La- last last. This is my last question.
0: We just really quick. Sure. You're you're voting for the Hall of Fame. It's weird with the way they, with the way the NFL ballot works, but whatever. Let's just say you have one vote to give. Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers. Who's getting your vote? <laughs>
1: Oh man, I, I think I think it has to be Eli Manning. Honestly. Wow. Like, I understand I understand Philip Rivers has greater statistical accomplishments, but I also think Eli Manning did more with less. Philip Rivers had a lot. Let's not forget Philip Rivers had Ladaney and Tomlinson. Yeah. Let's not forget that he had Vincent Jackson, who was a monster. Okay. These, like just <laughs> He had so much, and he never got it done. Now, it doesn't mean he had a bad career. Like, he had a great career. It's just, if I have to choose, I'm I'm taking Eli Manning. I assume you're taking Mr. Rivers? Yeah, if if I'm going by the standard of, like, how many years was this guy
0: considered, like, an elite quarterback, Rivers has, has way more than Eli
1: all right jared listen i i, I want to come back to this next week i want you to read off the various messages that you receive based on yeah. this take it's it's going to be an entertaining segment jared i am the trivia champion and i have also been told that i'm very wrong but we will leave that up to the listeners it's been a great week no. It has. Been. It's always a great week, but this was a lot of fun. We, Full disclosure, we came into this episode being like, what the hell are we going to do for this week? And I really enjoyed it. It was a blast. I had a great time. Please come back next week. It's going to be amazing. More fun games, love, jokes. It's y- Come on. Y- y- you get it at this point. You know what to expect. It's the top comeback.
0: Thanks to the Quizmaster for coming on this week, putting together our quiz. Thank you to you if you've subscribed, waited, and reviewed. If not, what the hell, man, or woman, whatever and thanks for coming back and listening every single week and thank you Giant fans for accepting your truth I want to hear from you I know that that last segment will get your blood boiling but there's a reason for it it's because deep down you know it's true Eli Manning's your guy you love him but you know it's not Hall of Fame level that's okay great career but I want to hear from you
1: tell us why you think Bobby's right why you think I'm wrong we would love to hear from all of your opinions personal shout out from me to the person who gives jared the most vicious take that's what i'm looking for okay i will shout you out with your comment on the podcast next week jared it's been fun it's gonna be fun next week man i'll see you next week when we'll see you next week with the next chatter Up.